0: From The Clocks by Agatha Christie It is clear that the books owned the shop rather than the other way about. Everywhere they had run wild and taken possession of their habitat, breeding and multiplying and clearly lacking any strong hand to keep them down. This is Gothic. Season five of the Gothic Podcast may contain material not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, family. We're oh wait, no, I've been listening to a lot of um old gods of Appalachia, so sorry. Hey there, <laughs> sojourners, and welcome <laughs> to season five of the Gothic Podcast.
1: Season five. How, How have we... We've been going that long?
0: <laughs> this is year five of this podcast. Oh,
1: incredible.
0: I know. And we owe it all to you, Sojourners, and to our cast members, two of whom here with us today have been here since the beginning, along with myself. Hi, I'm Patrick, your Game Master and host. We've also got Sharon.
1: Hello. I have COVID right now.
0: <laughs> we are so gross. sorry. We are also not in the same room.
1: <laughs> yes, don't be afraid. We are not in the same
2: room. And we have Jesse. Hello, hello, all. It's good to have you back.
0: And returning for his second season with us,
3: Eric.
1: hey
3: Hands to the roof.
1: You say hey <laughs>
3: Delight come and we want to go home. This season,
0: we are, I'd say doing things a little bit different, but every season we do things a little bit different. <laughs> but this season, we're going to play a couple of different tabletop role-playing games along the way to tell our ongoing story, and we hope you enjoy them. That said, we are now definitely coming to the climactic moments of the story that began with the castle pain way back in January of 2020 oh boy.
1: January of 2020 can you imagine
0: <laughs> when, a
1: different world
0: <laughs> when we didn't know what was coming
1: we didn't know and neither did our characters
0: <laughs> uh, but anyway Sojourners, if you are not familiar with that story, please go back and listen to at least season one. And if you go over to our Patreon, uh, you can uh, find that I have spent some of my break time here between season four and season five, organizing our Patreon uh, episodes into different categories. And you can even find the um, the ones pulled out that are all of our uh, making Missouri contemporary now episodes. Well, I recommend listening to the entire series, but if you have of to, course. if you have to cut it down somewhere, try that out or listen to season one at least.
1: I uh, know season two, I think, is still my favorite. All well, season, season two
0: is my probably my favorite of all the seasons so far, but.
1: Season four really gave it a run for its money, though. Season four was pretty kick-ass.
0: But season two doesn't um, have as much to do with the over-arc, the true, big arc true, 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 of true. the story.
1: Patrick, I'm doing a thing where I'm trying to get them to listen to the entire podcast and not oh, just season oh, one. Oh, okay. All <laughs> right.
0: Well, I'm just trying to get them to go over to our Patreon and then... Oh, I don't yes, know, of course. Maybe you should definitely always start at the
1: Patreon.
0: You can join as at low a level as the one dollar a month level. Mm-hmm. I did that so that our cast could uh, listen to some of the bonus episodes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, bonus. Uh, those are good too. In the if if you're a completist, I mean,
0: yeah, we have some kids on bikes over there. Uh, we are going to soon. Dan, editing, going to have the sequel, the part two of uh, a. Season one, standalone, Grace and the Plague Doctors of Paris. Yeah. I'm stoked about that one for sure. Uh, we are also looking at uh, throwing in some interesting tech stuff like old character sheets and the list of band names that we came up with during <laughs>
2: season four for our City of Mist season. Oh my God. That's great. There was such a list. Oh my God, Sharon, I hate you. <laughs>
0: You didn't come to opening night of Season 5 to listen to us blither on about previous seasons, so let's get to it. Tonight, for the first of our role-playing games that we're going to delve into, we're going to be playing the Brindlewood Bay RPG by Jason Cordova. Brindlewood Bay uses, in part, the Powered by the Apocalypse engine Found in Apocalypse World by Vincent and McGay Baker. And is inspired by those old cozy mystery TV shows like Murder She Wrote and Quincy and novels like those of Agatha Christie. When last we left our contemporary now characters, our Macon Missouri threesome, who had passed through a gate in the singing forest. Spoilers for season four. <laughs>
1: Okay, but if you're starting season five, maybe go back and rethink what you're doing.
0: <laughs> Reconsider <laughs> your life choices.
1: Or just plunge in, you know, you do you.
0: <laughs> and they did so in order to follow Lazarus Cain into that space beyond the deep grammar of the City of Mist, beyond story and tale itself. That space that they saw, that apocalyptic wasteland with a tower rising in the distance. And they knew, finally, finally, they have tracked Lazarus Cain, the real, true Lazarus Cain, down to his bolt hole in the depths of reality. This is where they can finally confront the man they've been chasing since Macon, Missouri, the man whose plots involved building a series of haunted house hotel attractions around the united states ones that if you were to connect them like baz might in season 4 connect them with string might form a pentagram with something happening in the midst they've determined that lazarus kane is looking to try to embody all of his representations throughout what they call the book worlds. But they've gone beyond the book worlds now. They're somewhere deeper than that and feeling pretty good about their possible confrontation so very soon with Lazarus Cain. And so imagine their surprise when instead, of finding themselves on that apocalyptic plain, with a tower rising up behind red hills. The sky turned the color of fire by pollution or volcanic eruption or something. The eye of Sauron shining. <laughs> Instead, they find themselves in a cozy New England town. The houses brightly painted and washed, it seems. Fresh after a rain, perhaps the smell of the sea nearby and seagulls flapping through the air and cawing above, the tinkle of bicycle bells around, and, well, people going about their day this sunny, bright New England day as if, well, nothing at all could be wrong in the world. Imagine they're even more surprised when they find themselves all in the bodies of little old ladies.
1: Oh, hog feathers. Not this again.
0: (laughs) Too many old ladies. Dr. Grace, you find yourself looking out from a body that you feel is older, and yet you also have access to all of this person's thoughts and memories and physical abilities, and knowledge of everything, that they everything they know, you also know. And you're striding, you're walking down the street, maybe bicycling, I don't know, you tell me, but you are going down the street, headed toward, you know, the Cozy Kitten Bookshop, where it is time for your weekly book club meeting of the Murder Maven's Book Club. And the two people with you are Winifred and Rose, and you are Olivia. What do you do, Dr. Grace?
1: Um, Stop walking and just immediately kind of look around, look down at myself, look at the other two. It um, probably strikes me immediately that this isn't like our previous habitations of the worlds we've been visiting, because I'm fully here and present and I'm not buried underneath somebody else's memories, but the first thing I want to do is grab the other two by the elbow. If I've been carrying anything, it drops to the ground and, uh, and say, wait, wait, wait. Are you yourselves? Gracie, is that you, dear? Well, on the inside, turn to the other side. Well, dill my pickle. This okay. Is, I keep getting stuck informs i wasn't expecting yeah yes this this is kind of a letdown
3: i feel you man i feel you well hold on sometimes i can i can do something about this and winifred closes her eyes and and like squints real hard and you know holds her (laughs) fists up and kind of no i can't do anything about it
0: roll act under no wait don't because you don't have (laughs) access to those moves (laughs) You have full consciousness, but you only have the abilities and memories and knowledge of your hosts, if that's what they
2: are.
3: Well, uh, why do I feel as though we're going to a book club?
1: Well, I think our hosts were headed that direction. Um,
2: Well, I guess we should check it out then, man.
1: I want to look around and see if I can see a lighthouse or a church tower or anything. Thing that's tower shaped in the town
0: it's kind of weird as you were uh, looking around y- you feel like you when you came into these bodies you heard something like a crack like ice cracking hmm. in the in the spring from a frozen river or a gunshot just a very loud crack it didn't feel like it was here It almost felt like it was in all of your heads, almost. What do you see when you look at the person that you think is LJ, Dr. Grace?
1: Well, my memories tell me that this is Rosanna Bloom, um, who's also in the book club with me and distills in her spare time. But uh, what I see is a woman of mature age, average size, stark white hair. It's cut short above her shoulders. She likes to wear light colors, um, especially khakis and tans. She's welcome to them, because they're not my color. Um, she likes her pants cut tidily in a chino or capri style with the blouse cardigan. She has a variety of different cardigans. And um, as all, almost always, she has her cat Moonshine with her Currently moonshines at her feet. The cat had been on her shoulder, but when we stopped, it jumped down. And she's smirking.
2: LJ, what do you see of Dr. Grace? A name comes to me. It seems to be Olivia. It's She's the shortest stocky woman with f- a frizzy cloud of gray and white hair sticking out from under her bucket hat. Oh, I hate that thing. Her skin's dark, pocked heavily weathered and she's oh she's got these squinty lines around her dark eyes she wears thick gansey sweater usually blue under a waxed canvas vest with all these pockets i don't know what she keeps in them she's always seems to be looking out for birds she's always seems to be in work pants she always smells like
0: fish there is one other person in uh of our trio here and this would be, well, they have never given you their own name, but you have referred to them back in Macon as Sloshy, a doppelganger, a shape-changer, who wound up in all of this as they had once been in thrall to Lazarus Kane. But through the efforts of Dr. Grace, that thrall was broken. What What do we see there?
1: Well, on my other side, I'm gripping the elbow of Winifred Cooper. She keeps her hair up in these big waves, only a little more brown than white these days. And she always keeps it bound back in a scarf anyway, so you can't see it that much of it. She says she likes it out of the way. Her eyebrows are penciled on above uh, sparkling eyes surrounded by laugh lines little bit of a beaky nose, but, you know, we don't judge her for that. Clearly inclined towards smiling, she's got smile lines all around the edges of her mouth. Currently, she's wearing a blue coverall, which is open to the navel. It's uh, it's one of her older ones. It must be laundry day because it's stained with old paint and grease and glue stick. Blue spots. I almost said glue sticks. That's something different. And uh, there's a ha- an amethyst crystal hanging around her neck, which you can see because her coverall is open to the navel.
2: That amethyst always seems to be there.
1: Yes.
3: It was a present from my Rupert. It goes well with the glue. It goes well with everything,
0: here. <laughs> you have stopped in the middle of the street. You're looking around for a tower?
1: Yeah. I want to see if there's anything tower-shaped nearby. We're on a coastal town, so I want to see if there's any of those, um, you know, New England church steeples or lighthouses or anything like that. There's a
0: couple of uh, church steeples you can see. Uh, You don't see the lighthouse, but you know it's there.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I don't know if it's going to be relevant, but there is a lighthouse in the town.
0: What may or may not be relevant is the fact that you are close to the Cozy Kitten Bookshop. There is a sheriff's car pulled up outside of it with the lights flashing. And even as you watch, an ambulance pulls up too. Its lights are not flashing.
3: <laughs> this seems a little familiar. And I look around for uh, Andy Iass. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do?
1: Yes, this is interesting. I'm waiting. I'm speaking out loud with my voice that I've decided to create. That's very different from my own voice. This is, this is interesting. Usually. Usually the other people are the ones doing the driving, but uh, we seem to be ourselves. Um, what, do I f- what do I feel like the person, Patrick, the person I'm inhabiting, Olivia, what do I feel like she would do? Well, what do you feel like Olivia would do? <laughs> okay. All right. Ball's back in my court. I think she would go up and start speaking to the people who are coming out of the ambulance
3: and or the if there's anyone still in the police car. Rose, Olivia, don't you think we should go check on the other girls? Mildred could have fallen over again. Well, we won't know until we find out. I
2: imagine that Olivia has walked off at this point when Winifred is saying this and basically to pretty much Rose. Um, (laughs) And in a weird way, Rose just kind of rolls her eyes and is just like, when she's got something in her head, she just follows it and like starts walking towards where Olivia went off to.
0: As you approach the cozy kitten bookstore, this is on Main Street. Here in town, and this is a cozy little main street. There's quaint little shops. There's tourists passing by. You see on the other side of the street from the cozy kitten, you see Chucky Charles Chapman, head of the tourism commission, and he's got a a small group of tourists that he's pointing things out to. And he sees the uh, police car and ambulance over there, and he's like, he tries to draw the attention of the tourists in a different direction and, uh, and start pointing at uh, the nearby uh, Knitting Emporium. But as you approach the Cozy Kitten, um, what fond memories do your hosts have of this place? What are some of the... And what are some of the decorations that you wish Fizzy Baloo, the proprietor, would take down? Fizzy
1: Baloo? I'm sorry. Can you say that one more time? Fizzy Baloo? Fizzy Baloo, like two syllables, like Baloo the bear from from the Jungle Book.
0: F i z z y z a l o o.
1: Oh my god,
2: At Baloo!
1: I'm going to retire At from Baloo. naming characters. I think that's just <laughs> I'll never be able to surpass Fizzy Baloo. Okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry,
0: Winifred. Um,
3: what fond memories do you have of the cozy kitten? And it's exclusively a bookstore, or is it also like a craft store where they sell, you know, local tchotchkes? It is exclusively a bookstore. Well, I think she remembers the first time she came into the store, uh, which at this point would have been like, I don't know, 50 plus years ago. (laughs) Uh, As a much younger person looking for for a, a book on engineering, essentially. As uh, in Winifred's spare time, she was really getting into, um, you know, just making fun little gadgets, contraptions, if you will. And she came in and was looking around and tends to be a a pretty private person. So wasn't, wasn't asking for help, but fizzy came up uh, to her at that moment and and directed her exactly to the right section. Such a friendly person uh, and made Winifred feel uh, welcome and at home. What decorations
0: uh, does Fizzy have up that you would rather uh, he would take down, Winifred?
3: Oh wait, Fizzy is a guy.
0: Yeah, oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> better and better. <laughs> yes. Well, the, uh, the I just wish you would take down the clapping salmon, Fizzy. <laughs> it, it's so it's so kitschy. How about you,
0: Olivia? Uh, What fond memory do you have of the cozy
1: kitten? I remember bringing my partner in here for the first time. I had been coming for a few years and Pip wasn't particularly interested in, uh, meeting other people, kind of a secret. She came with me to one of the book clubs, which I had just begun and I was having just a great time. And, uh, the book club really welcomed Pip with open arms and, uh, made her feel included made her feel comfortable but not put on the spot you know when you're an introvert and somebody asks you a question out of the blue really appreciated the welcome that they showed to her
0: anything you wish that uh busy would take down
1: from 1987 <laughs> and it's still behind the desk and at this point he just kind of jokes about it but i it really bothers me every time. I've nev- never mentioned it. Other people tease Fizzy about it all the time. But it really gets my goat.
2: How about you, Rose Anna Bloom? It was it was the first time I opened the door. There was all kinds of other cats in there. I grew alike a liking to Fizzy right away. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a complete cat person. But sure. dogs dogs are cute, too. This one just doesn't fit the vibe. It's this horrible picture. It's not even painted very well. It's not cubist. It's not surreal. It's, there's, there's no method to it. It's just an awful picture of a dog. But, you know, I love Fizzy, and they can keep it up if they want. You approach the front of the
0: cozy kitten, and um, stepping out from inside to meet the EMTs from the ambulance is uh, Sheriff Lilo. Sheriff Lilo is a, well, I don't know how other to say it than he is a rather lovable, but not particularly brilliant himbo who likes to spend a lot of time patrolling the
1: beach. Oh, I like him instantly. He He's a good friend.
0: That's a good um, place to ask, which one of you is Sheriff Lilo's relative? And what is your relation to him? And how do you use this to your advantage in nosing into Lazarus Bay's many mysteries? Lazarus Bay. Lazarus
3: Bay is the name of the town. (laughs) Uh, Winifred would would be his cousin, I think. Relatively young. Well, they still call them cousins, right? When they're like (laughs) super (laughs) far removed. Yeah. That a cousin twice removed.
1: (laughs) You could be like the first child of a first child and he's the youngest child of a youngest child kind of thing.
0: He's the uh, seventh himbo of seven himbos.
1: (laughs) He's the the uber himbo.
0: (laughs) And how do you use that relationship? You know, when you are solving mysteries, because the book club doesn't just read about the gold crown mysteries uh, written by what's her name,
1: Robin Masterson.
0: By Robin Masterson.
1: Ha ha! I got it right.
0: (laughs) No, no. You also solve mysteries. Often, and maybe surprisingly, because there seem to be a number of them around this town,
3: murders. Oh, well, my. Um, so, someone whose diapers I changed when he was young has no business telling me where I can and can't be. And I tell him that every time.
0: Well, you have a chance now because he sees you three coming. And oh, the look on his face. He tips his hat up and says, Oh, Dow, what do we got here? Not going to happen. No,
1: sirree, not gonna happen at all. Now, Sheriff, we were just heading to our book club, which is meeting inside this building.
3: Oh, no, it isn't today, it isn't. No, no. Now, listen here, young man, I changed your diaper far too many times for you to tell me where I can and cannot go. We're going in. We need to find out what's going on. Oh, well, what's going on is I don't want this accent. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's like New England. (laughs) <laughs> and he's related to Winifred.
1: Well then, Lilo, you can ditch it. I know this is something that you've been trying for a little bit, but it seems like you're not happy with it. Oh, it's hard can... to be a himbo. <laughs> <laughs> you can try a different accent. Maybe go for something southern this time.
0: Oh no! Well, you know, I I hate to tell you this, but probably the co- uh, the uh, cozy kitten's gonna be closed down for a bit because you know it's fizzy in there. Who's uh? Well, how do they say it? Bit the big one.
1: No, Oh, Winifred
0: it is. Tries to
2: rush in,
1: oh, wait, oh, goodness! I'll I'll clutch at his arm so <laughs> if, he can't if follow Winifred you.
2: Winifred runs off. I'm going to try and like grab Lilo's arms.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll bracket Lilo and stop him from following <laughs> Winifred. This is going to be our first roll. This is a. Uh,
0: this is happening in the daytime, so this is what's called a day move. Um, and I think you're just trying to um slip by right so that's going to be yeah. vitality uh but before we roll before you roll your two dice and add your vitality to it what what uh, are you afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerve
3: uh well so on on both counts uh if i fail to get in there i'm afraid i'll look stupid in front of my friends getting collared by my second cousin twice removed <laughs> But I'm also afraid of what I'm going to find in there and whether or not I'm going to be able to keep composure, you know, in whatever condition I find fizzy.
0: Actually, you know, because of what you're saying there, it almost sounds like rather than vitality, it almost sounds like you ought to be rolling composure because it's you and how you're presenting yourself, um, you know, confidently to Lilo and how you hope to deal with the scene inside. I mean, murders in Lazarus Bay are always somebody you know. Well, except for that one time, tourists. But still, this is fizzy. This is where you have your book club meetings every week. So yeah, go ahead and roll with composure. Okay.
3: I like that better. Okay. Uh, Do I get advantage from, uh, from Olivia and Rose actively trying to distract Sheriff Lilo?
0: So because of the crown mechanic, um, helping out isn't really used as much here because you want to get into the rough area occasionally. Right. Oh, it's a miss.
1: Oh, no. Is
0: a miss. Now, Winifred, you push by Lilo as Olivia and Rose kind of bracket him on either side and start talking about baked goods. Normally... Olivia wouldn't necessarily talk about baked goods. But this morning, she had a dream that has disturbed her through the rest of the day. And that is echoing through to Dr. Grace at the moment too. Dr. Grace wasn't initially aware of it, but now that it's come up with these baked good business, you remember, Olivia, that dream you had this morning. You were in your kitchen Of your fishing boat, your little, your small little kitchen area. You had just made a pie and it was steaming and you were about to take it up on deck to let it cool. And as you take it up, you find that there's a knife in your hand and you cut into the pie. And inside, instead of apple and the other fillings, instead there was. Well, blood came forward, and you realize that the inside of the pie was filled with blood and cow organs and a fish. Cow
1: organs, specifically. Cow organs and a fish.
0: Cow organs and blood. And nearby on the deck, a fish flops and says to you,
1: It is coming! That is unsettling.
0: And so that's why you're distracting Lilo with... um, baked good stories as Winifred Winnie sneaks by. Winnie, inside, you are going to go in so quickly that around you, you don't even take in almost the familiar inside of the bookstore. You just push on in. You rush toward where Fizzy always is behind the the front counter. Uh, But you realize that he's in front of that, that the stairs that go up to the upper floor where uh, Fizzy's living quarters are, that he is at the bottom of those, and there is blood everywhere. You are going to slip in that blood. You slip in the blood, and you fall backwards, and you crack your head really good on the floor, and then you're just wallowing, kind of trying to get up, and you're just in this blood that's all over the hardwood floor of of the cozy kitten. Or at least that's how you see it playing out in your mind as you push through the door, as you see the blood on the floor, as you feel the movement of your feet underneath you. Would you like to put on a crown of the queen to up your success by one level? Or would you like to take that result?
3: I'm going to go with actually go and take the crown on this one because that sounds horrifying, especially to Winnie.
1: Yeah, fall is serious at this age.
0: Which crown of the queen are you going to put on?
3: I want to do the flashback to a memory of my late partner, but I don't want it to be the fondest memory. I want it to be a, want it to be a different memory. I'm all right with that. Winnie pauses at the, at the door because she remembers finding her husband, Rupert, at the bottom of a set of stairs, just like the ones in, in The Cozy Kitten, and he'd fallen, and that turned out to be the end of Rupert. Uh, was the last time that she'd, she never even knew that it was going to be the last time she'd gotten to say goodbye or I love you to him. So that flashes through Winifred's head as she contemplates bursting into this room where, you know, obviously something bad has happened.
0: That puts you up into the seven to nine category. So on a seven to nine, I tell you how your actions would leave you vulnerable and you can choose to back down or go through with it. Uh, if you go through with it, I describe what it looks like. Not quite as bad as what I had described before. Instead, you will be able to see that Fizzy is at the bottom of the stairs, that there is a pool of blood under him. But um, Lilo is going to have, with some practice, actually, uh, both in playing volleyball on the, on the uh, one little section of Greystone Beach that uh, Lazarus Bay has, and because of familiarity with the murder mavens, he is going to have gotten kind of free of them and grabbed the back of your cardigan, and it's going to stretch your cardigan out. Do you wish to continue with your action?
3: So definitely, Winifred sees a body at the bottom of the stairs and uh, a wash of blood and a wash of blood. Yes. Yeah. Winifred would would keep on moving forward.
0: He grabs you. It slows you down enough that you're not going to go in at speed and slip in the blood. You'll be able to stop before you get there. But he gets a hold of your cardigan and you feel it stretching out and you just know that that's going to leave one of those puckers in the back, you know. Oh, Lilo, why? (laughs) With that, He's inside now, having kind of been dragged along with you almost, and the other two are also in here with you. What do you do?
1: Olivia is going to move closer, cautiously, and uh, take a closer look.
0: Lilo sighs with long-running dismay and despair. He looks at the EMTs who are coming through with a a gurney and, and says, oh, oh, fellas, Oh, fellas, I don't think we're going to be be needing that too much. I think we're going to get need to get Doc Lavender down here to, um, you know, take a look at things before we move the body. I don't believe this one's still alive, none.
1: You mean you haven't checked for a pulse?
0: Oh, I checked for a pulse, and he didn't have one.
1: Okay, and uh, why did get, you say
0: you don't step in those blood stains? I got. I'm this not might,
1: stepping in them. I'm probably what... an
0: accident, but I I might be a crime scene. You know how
2: Lazarus Bay is. I give him a look. You hear a quick from Rose and Moonshine just kind of like hops off her shoulders and like scurries off into the shadows.
0: Speaking of cats scurrying off into the shadows, the cozy kitten, as usual, is bustling with cats. There's a, a tabby that peeks out from between a couple of books on a bookshelf. There is a one-eared kind of gray cat that is uh, sneaking out of a uh, a little nook, a shadowed nook, you know, uh, near another bookshelf. There's a couple of cats curled up on uh, Fizzy's desk. There's a cat licking the blood up from near Fizzy. There are
3: three cats on the stairs at various heights just sitting there looking. I was so concerned they were going to be eating Fizzy.
0: Not yet. The tension level isn't that high. <laughs> it's not nighttime, it's daytime.
3: And there's
0: sort of a just a background buzz almost of contented purring from among the cats in the cozy kitten. Are you having Moonshine do something specific, Rose?
2: Mostly just scurrying off into the shadows and seeing if they can find anything that might help. She's a very well-trained cat.
0: Uh, moonshine goes looking for things. Since moonshine is sort of an extension of you, uh, this seems like you might be meddling a little bit. Maybe you can find
2: indeed a clue. Hey, so. This is what I was hoping for. It's like, I have a cat. I am going to meddle like shit.
0: <laughs> but we're going to meddle with your own attributes. So let's meddle with reason. Do you want to use Moonshine to give you an advantage on this? Whenever you use Moonshine for advantage, you don't mark the box. Moonshine's always available for advantage.
2: Correct. Because cat. Because cat. I love that. <laughs> That's going to be my new t-shirt backing. Because yeah. cat.
0: Season five's t-shirt availability now includes Because, because cat. cat. The meddling moon Rose, your cat, Moonshine, is going to find a clue. But there's going to be a problem. In order to get it, he's going to get into a he she 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 is going to get into a fight with one of the other cozy kitten cats. This happens occasionally. They don't all get along. But gonna get a little little scratched up. Now you can, if you want, put on a crown and make this a level up, so it would go up to the ten plus, uh, which would uh, just let you find a clue. By the way, this will be. This injury to Moonshine, Moonshine probably won't care all that much, but it will cause a condition for you. Guilty. Mm. Oh. Guilty. For having sent your cat off to do, to do a maven's work. Dirty
2: work. <laughs> all right. To crown or no crown? You know, Lilo, I always had a fondness for younger men. So strong and strapping, and that uniform, it's, what can I say? It's so...
1: Well-tailored.
2: Well-tailored. Very well said. <laughs> And you've done a good thing for yourself and this community, to you, Lilo. I mean, you've looked over Lazarus Bay for a long time, and you're such a beautiful young man. And I'm trying to dote on him. Is that doting or showing us a uh,
0: <laughs> scene of a uh, showing a burgeoning romance?
1: <laughs> <laughs> showing someone that you have still got it.
2: Maybe both. But I admire Lilo. Lilo is a great figurehead in like society. All right, but which one of these
0: crowns are you clicking? Which one of the crowns? Um, or you're not putting on a crown and you're just saying stuff? <laughs> so that's fine too. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I mean the best I was going with is probably a burgeoning romance. Okay. Oh goodness.
0: Oh heavens. Oh, and he kind of straightens his collar and oh, don't um, I oh, I'm I'm a little frustrated. Um, I well, mean you're such a strapping young man. Oh um, um, well. I er, uh,
2: oh, look, EMTs. I better talk to them. <laughs> you go. You take care of your business. You go with that. Oh, yeah, walk away. <laughs> I will totally take the guilty for all of that. <laughs> well, then it
0: wouldn't be putting on a crown because yeah. if you put on a crown, it raises your success level by one. If you don't put on a crown, then you'll take the guilty condition. But if you're calling this putting on a crown, then. Oh, I'm totally flirting. Okay. We're calling it a burgeoning romance.
1: So you are putting on a crown? Yeah. Okay.
0: I'll take the try to burgeon a romance. Hell yeah. So that's going to pop it up to a 10 plus. Okay. There will be a clue. Uh, we'll get to it in a moment. Rose was over there flirting with your second cousin, twice <laughs> removed, Winnie, <laughs> distracting him while you and Olivia go into the the deeper into the room. What are you two doing?
3: Winifred would uh, throw herself on the body, trying to, like, disturb things as little as possible, but also to figure out anything about the... About what happened?
0: Okay, because I imagined this looking like you throwing, throwing yourself on the on body. The
1: body. That's no, what I was no! How could you be dead? <laughs> no, Fizzy shaking him. You
2: know? <laughs> Come back, Fizzy! Slamming fists into the chest. Fizzy, yeah, yeah, why yeah, yeah. would
1: you Slapping ever him. do this wake to up, me? Wake up! <laughs>
0: <Live>. <laughs> so, what does this look like, though? In actuality,
3: Winnie yeah so she would you know accelerate a little bit toward the toward the body and then throw herself down How big is the pool of blood
0: it's spreading out around him a foot or two on either you know all
3: around maybe not as much on the staircase side well she'd try to to kind of come at it from an angle of being able to get down on her knees and you know at least touch the body a little bit uh, without kneeling in the blood, but if that's the only way to do it, then then that's what she'd do. <laughs> okay. And and I do picture a theatrical
1: Oh no, fizzy! But you're like actually looking for clues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down.
0: So you're patting him down essentially as... Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um. Well, that sounds
3: like some meddling as well. Absolutely. So, we know dice. um... And it's a four and a three. Sorry, what am I uh, what am I meddling with? Reason. Reason, I think. Okay, so plus one. So that's a total of eight.
0: Absolutely. You're going to have to um disturb the blood. You're going to have to put a a knee down into the blood itself, which is almost certainly not going to make Lilo or the Sheriff's Department very happy. Also get blood on you, but you know, not the end of the world or anything. Seems a little early to be asking you to if you want to do another crown. But uh, do you want to do another crown?
3: I'll stick with the the result. The
0: complication is going to be you're going to have to put your your knee down in the blood. This is probably going to cause a problem later with the sheriff's department, but you've handled that before. Still, until you can deal with it, it's going to give you the condition blood stained.
3: I think this is a great time. To show everyone that I've still got it
1: by kneeling. To <laughs> <laughs> no, know
3: by doing that's a uh, big deal. <laughs> by doing a se- <laughs> at our age <laughs> without holding on to something. <laughs> oh,
1: incredible!
3: <laughs> uh, no, I think I'll go ahead and and do uh, do a crown of the queen with a flashback of the fondest memory of one of my children, and I'll remember a time when we were playing around and. One of them fell to the ground right where I was about to put my foot. So, in a, a gravity and physics defying gyration, I managed not to step on my kid. And we just kind of kept on playing. And I will then not kneel down in the blood <laughs> with a similar acrobatic gyration. There
0: is something sticking out of one of Fizzy Baloo's pockets. Now, Fizzy Baloo. He is a fan of flannel. He's wearing a a plaid flannel shirt fuzzy He's got a gray t shirt on underneath that, despite his age he's wearing um cargo jeans that are much too young for him they're very fashionable <laughs> cargo jeans they're a little baggy in the back as well uh but with just lots of pockets and kind of a shiny uh shiny blue, which is not Doesn't really go with the flannel whatsoever. In one of those pockets, you see uh, what looks like some
3: papers having been kind of shoved down in them. Do you remove those? Absolutely. (laughs) Hi, I'd like to introduce Winnie. She will never not grab the papers out of the pocket. (laughs) Um, As you pull those out, the
0: papers turn out to not be like mail or... Envelopes or you know like eight by ten sheets of paper that have been folded over. Uh, instead, there's a few postcards in his pocket. They appear to be from exotic island locations. There's a two address on it, and it's to it's to Fizzy Blue, one ten Main Street,
3: Lazarus Bay, Maine. It's Fizzy Blue, like the bait shop owner <laughs> and <laughs> the grumpy old <laughs> men
0: <laughs> series. <laughs> Meanwhile. Olivia, what are you doing?
1: Well, if, um, when he's taking point on examining the body, I'm going to exam- examine the area around. Um, and I think the way that I would like to do that is step carefully around him and go up the stairs and uh, kind of examine the environment up at the top of the stairs.
0: Oh, ladies! Oh, why don't? Oh, please! Oh, stop! Oh, goodness! You're like... Oh, you're you're in the blood. Oh, you're not supposed to be in the blood. Oh, oh Olivia, come back! Oh, goodness! Says uh, Sheriff Lilo. Oh, he's just...
1: I won't touch anything. You know me, Lilo.
2: Have I ever told you how beautiful I think your eyes are? Oh goodness!
1: Oh heavens!
2: <laughs>
0: Olivia steps over some cats and goes upstairs. Uh, upstairs is. Fizzy's living quarters. Um, there's a door at the top of the stairs. It's open. But uh, beyond that is a a small living room, a kitchenette, and a small bedroom. Actually reminds you a lot of your fishing boat, Olivia. <laughs> About the same size of each of these things. But Olivia, Fizzy had an unusual hobby. What was it? And what relics of that hobby are here in his private room?
1: I think he collected kind of in the same way that people collect like beetles or butterflies. He collected and sorted and organized and put on boards those little twisty bits of plastic that hold bags of bread closed. <laughs> he categorized <laughs> them by shape and color and uh, and he gave them names as if he was naming uh, species in like a tax in like a, uh, what is it, taxonomic cl- classification.
0: They each have a little label under them that says... Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah,
1: in very carefully penned uh, capitals. This is a real thing, by the way, that people do.
2: (laughs) Wonder Bread White. (laughs) Summer's Harvest Gold.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, I think there's some open frames and, you know, partially pinned together uh, displays of little bread closer plastic things.
0: As you are poking around up here, Rose, you hear Moonshine meowing. There's a little hallway beside the stairs that go upstairs, and down that hallway is um, uh, Fizzy's office as well as the conference room where you all uh, have your Murder Maven uh, meetings. Moonshine is meowing plaintively near one of the bookshelves that's in that kind of space that's underneath the staircase as it goes up. Do you continue flirting with uh, the uh, sheriff, or do you do
2: something about that? I'm sorry, darling. M- my kitty has seemed to have gone off wandering. Let me, let, me, let me get them and I will be right back.
0: The sheriff is uh, torn between not wanting to let yet another maven go into the crime scene <laughs> and wanting to not be involved in the flirtation
2: thing. Why don't you go check on Winnie? I'll be right back.
0: He allows you to break away um, from him and head over to collect moonshine or whatever is going to happen there. Rose, as you go over there, you see something has fallen. There's a space between the bookshelf and the empty space that's behind and under the staircase. And you see moonshine there. She is meowing and sniffing at a broken cast iron weather vane that is laying, just laying there on the floor, kind of half-hidden underneath the staircase. With that, it's weird, LJ and Dr. Grace and Slotty. It's strange because something happens. All of your bodies kind of freeze, and you know that you're going to commercial break.
1: We have an ad break?
0: <laughs> and... That when you come back, it's going to be a scene probably later in the day on the next Gothic podcast.
2: Oh, hello there. This is Fizzy Balloon out at Fizzy's Cozy Kitten Bookshop. That's where you'll
0: be wanting to go if you want to find some books, because we've got books. We've got all sorts of books. We've got books about the sea, we've got books about the land, we've got books about the sky we've got books about uh, earthworms, we've got books, oh, about those really clever ties that you use to keep your bread bag together we got books on all sorts of things, you know what else we got? We got kittens we've got kittens all over the place kittens and cats and you know what? The books here ain't free gotta pay for those, but you know what you don't have to pay for? Don't have to pay for petting the kittens, that's right so come on down to Fizzy's Cozy Kitten Book Emporium. Open Fridays through Sundays.
1: The Gothic Podcast is a horror and humor actual play audio drama produced by Goblin Brook Manor, LLC. Season 5 of The Gothic Podcast stars C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery LaFournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Eric Halbert. Our theme music is by Zoe Hovland, and our logo is by Jared George Art. Liking, sharing, and reviewing us on iTunes really helps us get more listeners. And please consider supporting us on our Patreon or joining the conversation on our Discord channel. Links and more in the show notes. Thanks for joining us in the dark, Sojourners.
0: I didn't do it right.
1: Yes, you you had us describe each other and left Eric out, dear. I...
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's in character. I'm coughing cuz I'm an old person.
0: Would you also like to be unmuted?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would like to be unmuted. I want to have my say.
2: <laughs> I know I need to look at the right section of the rule book now.
3: <laughs> yeah. We don't know how to play this we game. We all
1: turn to the rule book. <laughs>
3: You know, what is great radio is the furious sound of pages turning.
1: (laughs) Uh, A long held tradition here at the Gothic Podcast going on year five of not knowing how to play this game.